Greetings and welcome to Flanagan's Ecologic Podcast. I am your host, Ted Flanagan, and this episode covers Econet News, Volume 25, Issue Number 6, June 2023. Flanagan's Net Positive, Guo Ji Tai Chi. Pictured here I am with our Tai Chi master, Guo Ji, founder and leader of the Guo Ji Tai Chi Academy here in Los Angeles. This past weekend, we toasted his skills and passion as he received the 2023 Lifetime Achievement Award from the Traditional Chinese Martial Arts Federation. Guoji's career, his life is Tai Chi, first competing and later teaching. We are his students and continue to grow from his teaching, power and humility and lust for life. He has imprinted our lives with discipline, his martial arts. Tai Chi is short for Tai Chi Xuan, an internal martial art practiced for its health benefits and defense training. There are five styles, Chen, which we practice, Yang, Wei Ho, Wu, and Sun, all of which trace their historical origins to Chen village in China. Tai Chi's philosophy is rooted in Taoist and Confucian thought. Tai Chi incorporates the Taoist ideals of softness overcoming hardness, the flow between yin and yang. We learn to rest our tongues on the roofs of our mouths. Our teacher, master, our Sifu, worked us hard. Our school in Monterey Park closed during the pandemic and sadly has not since opened. There we trained with vigorous calisthenics, too many squats, push hand drills, rigorous kicks and striking techniques, full on sweat, then the forms. It took me a year of, of weekly instruction to learn the common form 24, three years to feel confident with 48. Later, we learned eight and 42. Advanced students use swords and spears. Sifu scoffs at Tai Chi in the park. Frankly, that senior activity has a nice future appeal to me. But to Sifu, it's painful to witness that form of Tai Chi, one that loosely abandons discipline. Like any art, Tai Chi's fullest benefits are unlocked through its practice and honor of ancient forms. Straighten your spine, drop the shoulders, and while you're at it, drop life's tensions. We learn abdominal breathing. Each routine begins by lowering the plane of our shoulders by bending the knees and then keeping that level throughout the sequence, burning thighs. Eyes follow the upper hand. Some call it shadow boxing. For me, it's moving yoga. I love the cloud hands and the synchronicity in a set of motions, complemented by your legs in another set of motion. I love the catwalk, oh, so cautiously creeping backwards while keeping the force out front with strong, spaced steps backwards, pushing away energy all the while. No sound, no sighs, no grunts. Sifu would still find my form to be of considerable amusement. Tai Chi is primarily an internal practice with internal rewards. For Terry and I, Tai Chi is a practice of the mind and body that we can do together. It enhances our lives. So thanks to Guo Ji as we celebrate his career and what he has done for us and others. His impact and his contributions are larger than life as he teaches so many to find a new sense of self through this silent and magical martial art. Quote of the month. Every year we see carbon dioxide levels in our atmosphere increase 
as a direct result of human activities. Every year we see the impacts of climate change and heat waves, droughts, flooding, wildfires, and storms happening all around us. We must expend every effort to slash carbon pollution and safeguard this planet and the life that calls it home. Rick Spinrad, Administrator, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Global Renewable Tipping Point. Good tipping point news. Clean energy investments globally are outpacing investments in fossil fuels. This has been the case since 2020, according to the International Energy Agency's World Energy Investment Report. In 2023, for every dollar spent on fossil fuels, clean energy received $1.70 in funding. Five years ago, the ratio was 1 to 1. Similarly, there's more investment in solar than oil. Factors driving this transition include the rise and deployment of battery technologies, new demand for clean energy for electric vehicles and heat pumps, then there's war in Ukraine and its resulting scramble for alternatives to oil and natural gas, policies such as the Inflation Reduction Act and similar initiatives in Europe and Japan and elsewhere are driving change. The IRA rewards solar projects with domestic content with a 10% adder on top of the 30% investment tax credit. IRA also provides special incentives for underserved communities and for domestic solar manufacturing. In 2023, these factors resulted in a global investment in solar power of $1 billion each day. Wood McKenzie projects that the U.S. solar market will triple in the next five years. The industry had its best first quarter ever, 6.1 gigawatts of solar, as supply chain issues and challenges have faded post-pandemic, and as the IRA has helped surge demand for solar. The solar market is expected to grow to 378 gigawatts by 2028. This is not only commercial and utility-scale applications. The residential market grew by 30% in the first quarter over last year to 1.6 gigawatts of residential solar added. That is expected to rise to 36 gigawatts over five years, a 6% annual growth rate. These are phenomenal numbers. Over the tipping point in transition from fossil fuels to clean energy resources, and we'd better be. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association, which records CO2 levels in the atmosphere at the Mauna Loa Atmospheric Baseline Observatory, reported a reading of 424 parts per million CO2 this past month up from 421 ppm, 0.7% rise, in May of 2022. Note that CO2 levels in the northern hemisphere spike in May before the summer growing season in which flora takes in CO2 and reduces the atmospheric concentration. This year's rise in CO2 is the fourth largest rise ever, according to NOAA scientists and researchers at the University of California, San Diego, Scripps Institution of Oceanography. It's certainly not a desirable increase. While scientists and policymakers seek a plateau and then a decrease in emissions and CO2 levels, the current level, the all-time high of 424 parts per million, is 50% higher than pre-industrial times and the highest level in 3 million years. United Nations scientists warned in March that the world is on thin ice grossly challenged to meet the 2015 Paris Agreement goals 
to adhere to a maximum warming of 1.5 degrees Celsius. The scientists warned in October that the Earth will likely see an increase of 10% in CO2 levels over 2010 levels by 2030. Despite world leaders promising to tackle climate change, we're experiencing the highest CO2 levels in millions of years. Without question, there is much more to be done to protect Mother Earth, and fast. The good news is that the solutions abound. We have the technologies to turn the ship. Stanford professor Mark Jacobson is clear on the solutions. His solutions project has mapped out means to be 100% carbon-free in energy use in 117 countries. The big ticket items? Offshore wind and solar. The most important issues? Scale and speed. Let's all do our bit. University of California's flagship climate action. The University of California has signed a contract to purchase 85 megawatts of renewable energy. The amount of power purchased is equivalent to the total power consumption of four colleges combined, UC Santa Cruz, UC Santa Barbara, UC Riverside, and UC Merced. The green power will come from a massive privately developed wind farm in New Mexico called Sunzia Wind. Its developers, Patent Energy, are building a 550-mile transmission line to bring Sunzia's wind power to market. The 3,500-megawatt utility-scale wind farm is slated to start construction this year with delivery of power slated for 2026. Eight years ago, the University of California signed its first solar contract. The recent purchase marks the University of California's first wind energy contract. It is also its largest renewable energy commitment in support of campus decarbonization. Energy from Sunzia Wind will be used by every campus and medical center thanks to the UC Clean Power Program that operates through California's Direct Access Program. Direct Access allows certain large users to source their own power, in this instance wind, and transmit it using others' transmission and distribution lines. University of California is ranked number one by the U.S. EPA in terms of green electricity use among colleges and universities. UC has over 50 megawatts of on-campus projects, two utility-scale solar projects, 5 points, 60 megawatts, and Giffen Solar Park, 20 megawatts, plus 45 megawatts coming online in 2025. Sunzia is the largest wind project in the Western Hemisphere and in U.S. history, a total investment of more than $8 billion. It has involved the cooperation of 10 federal agencies, five state agencies, and nine local authorities. The development underscored the lack of transmission for wind farms, and thus this added cost. Sunzia built 550 miles of transmission and had to reroute the line to accommodate the White Sands Missile Base. When the power finally flows, it will be the culmination of a 17-year development process, a time frame that many consider unsustainable as renewables must be scaled up. Beaming Power from Space the Caltech Solar Space Program began in 2011 when Caltech received a hundred-plus-million-dollar donation from philanthropist Donald Bren. The donation was intended to take space solar from concept to reality. From 2014 to 2017, Northrop Grumman provided a $12.5 million donation to the program. Donald Bren is quoted saying that the hard work and dedication of brilliant scientists at Caltech have advanced our dream of providing the world with abundant, reliable, 
and affordable power for the benefit of mankind. Space Solar holds the promise of tapping unlimited and unimpeded solar power in space. Space Solar has eight times as much punch as terrestrial solar, with panels placed anywhere on Earth. But not so fast. Space Solar has been studied for years. First, you need to get lightweight arrays into orbit, and then successfully unfurled. Second, you need some way to beam the power down to Earth. No small order. On January 6th, Caltech launched its space solar prototype into orbit. It was payload aboard SpaceX's Transporter 6 mission. Caltech's project is called MAPLE, the Microwave Array for Power Transfer Low-Orbit Experiment. Caltech scientists developed lightweight arrays that fold into a cube one meter per side, then unfurl and create a 164-foot-per-side array. MAPLE is designed to beam power to Earth using lightweight microwave transmitters. This happened on May 22nd, when researchers were able to detect transmitted energy using a receiver on the roof of Caltech's Gordon and Betty Moore Laboratory of Engineering, the first time in history that energy was successfully sent to Earth from orbit. Imagine its potential. Such systems can use arrays of transmitters to beam the energy to multiple receivers on Earth. This is also where major concerns arise. The notion of frying anything in the way of space solar being beamed to Earth. On the other hand, this new form of transmission may unlock means for serving power to remote areas out of reach of transmission grids. Proponents say that this form of wireless transmission has the potential to democratize energy access. In the same way that the Internet democratized access to information, we hope that wireless energy transfer democratizes energy access. No new transmission will be needed. We can send energy to remote regions and areas devastated by war or natural disaster, noted Caltech co-project director Ali Hajimiri. India pauses new coal. India is the third most populous country in the world. It is made up of 1.4 billion Indians. It has long been considered a great global threat to climate change due to its population growth and growth in use of highly polluting coal-burning power plants. It has now put a pause on coal-fired power plants. For the next five years, the Indian government will not consider new applications for coal plants. This has been hailed as a major step by the global environmental community. India is the world's fifth largest economy and the third largest CO2 emitter. It has a goal of carbon neutrality by 2070. Its pause on new coal power plants is good, but its stats are not. Reuters reports that as a result of intense heat waves, a colder than usual winter, that there was a jump in electricity demand. It grew by 11.5% in the fiscal year ending March 2023. That's the sharpest increase since 1990. The 12.4% surge in coal use was in reaction to a 28.7% decline in gas use as global pricing deterred usage. Renewables have been growing at 11% annually, thanks largely to solar, which had a 35% increase in output. At FY 2023 year-end, and according to the to Grid India data, India's coal-fired power plants were generating 73.1% of the nation's power. Increased fossil use has caused India's CO2 emissions to rise by nearly a sixth to 1.15 billion tons. This while India, like all other parts of the world, 
is experiencing climate change with longer summers and hotter weather. As a result, there has been a policy shift. Instead of 8,000 megawatts of new coal, India now plans 8,600 megawatts of battery energy storage. The Central Electric Authority is responsible for the country's electric power. It produces a plan every five years. To achieve a 500 gigawatt goal for renewables by 2030, India will need to build 40 to 45 gigawatts of renewables each year. Its current level of production is 17 gigawatts of installations per year. India fell short of its interim milestone for 175 gigawatts. Nitrogen and Digital Data Footprints EcoMotion has recently completed a greenhouse gas inventory for San Diego Community College District. In addition to tracking the district's carbon footprint, we presented the district with a measure of its nitrogen footprint, a measure of the amount of reactive nitrogen released to the environment from a campus's resource consumption. Frankly, I'd never heard of this. Let's back up. Nitrogen, N2, makes up 80% of the atmosphere. It's reactive nitrogen that's problematic. Examples of reactive nitrogen include water pollutants such as nitrate, NO3, and ammonium, NH4, air quality pollutants like NH3, and nitrogen oxides, NOx, and the greenhouse gas nitrous oxide, N2O. When released to the environment, reactive nitrogen contributes to a cascade of negative impacts to human and ecosystem health, including smog, acid rain, forest dieback, and eutrophication. Major sources of reactive nitrogen include food production, fertilizer runoff, manure management, food waste, and fossil fuel combustion. The nitrogen footprint calculator was originally developed at the University of Virginia in 2009 to calculate its own nitrogen footprint. With the support of the Environmental Protection Agency, the nitrogen footprint tool was expanded for use by other campuses. It was then launched for pilot testing in 2014 and adopted thereafter. Tracking the carbon and nitrogen footprint together makes sense. Most reductions in the campus carbon footprint concurrently result in a reduction of the nitrogen footprint. To calculate a personal nitrogen footprint, see www.n-print.org. The Digital Data Footprint Every day, the average person creates 10 DVDs worth of data on their phone, fitness trackers, and emails. One person creates 1.7 megabytes of data a second. By 2025, global data may be more than 180 zettabytes, 6.8 billion years of Netflix streaming. The amount of data is doubling every two years. Data centers are responsible for 3.5 to 3.7 of all human-induced carbon dioxide. That's more than the aviation industry at 2.1%. Left unheeded, experts state that the data industry may account for more carbon emissions than automotive, aviation, and energy sectors combined. Crazy it is. Known as dark data, 65% of it is never used and 15% is immediately out of date. Researchers from Lowborough University in the United Kingdom have created the first measurement tool for calculating emissions caused by stored digital data. It's called the Data Carbon Ladder. It helps to determine the appropriate size of data sets required optimal frequency for updates, and the most suitable storage location. The data carbon ladder 
helps companies improve their data projects' sustainability. Terminator's Climate Change Semantics Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. I'll Be Back, is taking on the semantics of climate change. The former bodybuilder, real estate mogul, and politician believes that no one gives an S about climate change. The term he believes is too soft. Most are not alarmed. They need something more personal and direct to reach them. Call it pollution, says Arnold. Schwarzenegger is one of a handful of Republicans that has been a champion of climate action. For many years, and throughout his gubernatorial tenure in California, he has been serious about reversing climate warming and disruptive climate change. He calls this existential issue a humongous challenge. So how to get people to take note in action? Call it pollution, says Arnold. In an interview with CBS News, he noted that the climate change sounds subtle, warm, and even welcoming. Pollution, on the other hand, comes with a directly and fully negative connotation. Pollution, he says, still scares people. We know it means early death, cancer, asthma, heart disease, and more. Schwarzenegger believes that a focus on pollution will stir up more action than climate change. So my thing is, let's go and rephrase this and communicate differently about it and really tell people we're talking about pollution. Pollution creates climate change and pollution kills. I'm on a mission to go and reduce greenhouse gases worldwide because I'm into having a healthy body and a healthy earth. Residential Solar Ports Ecomotion is pleased to welcome Benjamin Gold to our solar team. One of his first tasks was to respond to a query that Ecomotion fielded regarding manufacturers of residential carports for solar, or what we call solar ports. While these are common in parking lots of schools and malls and the like, our team had seen very few examples of residential solar ports. Ben did a great job of tracking down a rich variety of designs to cover cars and to provide shade for patios and the like. His rich pictorial research review of solar ports is available to all Econet readers. That's it. Thanks for listening to Flanagan's Ecologic. We'll see you next time. Thank you.